Hello again, everyone, and welcome to what it is, the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 16th day of March 2022. Happy Wednesday to you, day before St. Patrick's Day. I remember when St. Patrick's Day was, I was all super excited about getting as absolutely as hammered as I possibly could on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> now, like, oh, no, two beers, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know about this. Good Lord, my younger self would kick my ass. But I'll be able to regale my children with stories of harrowing drunkenness, uh, hopefully as a cautionary tale. And hopefully those tales will only be told and never seen. Not that I miss getting dry. I, don't, I do miss going out sometimes, but eh, not that much. Not enough to actually go out, you know. <laughs> Plus all my friends have kids too, so none of them are. It's not like I'm missing the party. I'm missing the, the five-year-old's birthday party. And I wouldn't say I'm missing that either. Anyway, I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I appreciate the use of your ears. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Please sign up there for the Week in Effin Review. That's where you, if you, even if you don't want to listen to the curse show, yeah, that's where you sign up to win the autographed books. This week, it's a battle between Matt Walsh and John Cleese, which is probably the only time those two will ever go head-to-head on anything. So it's Matt Walsh versus John Cleese, both autographed books. You get to pick. You just sign up and you enter right in the comment section which one you want. Should your name be drawn from the hat? And then you find out on Monday's show whether or not you won. Appreciate the support. It's desperately needed and much, much appreciated. So thank you to everybody there who enjoys this program and wants to help out. So, yeah, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. I'm being stared at by a cat right now. She's going to win the staring contest. Anyway, let's uh, start the program, shall we? We've got a lot going on. We got also got a lot going on in the house today. The kids. Eh, Bailey had a cold the other day. She seems to be doing better. But uh, now Quinn has it. And it. Just like the last time, it's hit Quinn harder than it hit Bailey. So now Quinn's got a cough. Hopefully it will be uh, short-lived and she will get over it because can't stand to see him sick anyway. So that's why I probably, if I sound, st- I have occasionally I'm sniffling, I'm taking Zycam and stuff and trying to do everything. This We have all this medicine and like, you can't give this to kids. You can't give this to kids. And yet here we are, we're shooting kids full of vaccines. <laughs> I can't give zinc tablets, uh, ready uh, rapid melt things to, to kids, even half of one, a third of one. But, some sort of experimental thing we can go ahead and just shoot them up with that. That's okay. It's one thing for adults, but it's another thing for kids. And now there are people lining up to get their you know infants, their infants this shot. And like you, are you are you insane? Are you insane? All right, <clears throat> never mind. Anyway, just a, an observation. Yeah, I was at the drug at uh, the, the grocery store yesterday, looking at all the uh, different options for kids' cold medicines. Like, oh, this one treats all the symptoms. Oh no, you got to be six, and she's only four. Technically, she's like a month away from was it March? Two months away from being five. But still, like you can't do that. Got to do the other thing, and you finally find something that will herbal that supposedly will treat the things 
it's just such a pain. Just such a pain. You just pray that they get better so you don't have to sit there and, and try and explain to them how to blow their nose. Although Quinn's figuring it out. Bailey, not yet. Quinn does a good job. Anyway, we've got a lot going on. Lots of things to talk about today. And actually, just uh, speaking of, since I alluded to COVID, this is one of those things where I don't know how real these numbers are because of the the screwy way that everybody's sort of, uh, what do you call it, uh, reporting these numbers. Various states are reporting every other day, every third day, every fourth day. Uh, once a week, so you don't really know where we stand, but the numbers are screwy again. On March 14th, 2021, there were 37,989 new cases of COVID-19 reported. Okay. Now on March 14th, 2022, there were 55,480. So that's an increase of almost 20,000 more over last year. uh, this year over last year. But the number of deaths is incredibly bizarre, relatively speaking. 20,000 more people, and it's not just, you know, 150,000 versus 170,000 or a million versus 1,020,000. It's 37,000 versus 55,000. It's about a 35% increase from year over year. But last year, the number of deaths was 569 on March 14th, whereas the number of deaths on March 14th of 2022 reported is zero. Zero. That has to be a good portion of that has, I mean, I guess you can't really apportion zero, but partly a responsible uh, way to look at that is to recognize that states have changed the way that they're reporting data. That doesn't make up for all of it because it's about half the states that have changed the way they're calculating and, and reporting data. To, not because they're, they're trying to hide anything. It's just like it, the data has gone down and it's not worth reporting every single day, especially the way that the media was reporting on it. That would mean it still wouldn't make any sense that half the states would have no deaths and then somehow the other half of the states would have a lot of deaths. Because the other states, you can say, well, they're trying to hide the numbers, but those states have been calculating and reporting numbers in this way for some time. It's not like they just started yesterday. So it's hard to know exactly where we stand at this moment on the number of cases. But there was something really screwy over the weekend in New York City. Remember Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving is a basketball player good basketball player, and he didn't want to get the shot. He refused to get the shot. So he wasn't able to play. This was back when everybody had all kinds of restrictions on everything. And so you had a situation where one of the best players in the league or one of the top players in the league, I don't know if he's one of the best, but he's certainly up there, was not allowed to play professional basketball. Well, since then, the... uh, the rules have changed, and the Nets, ha- I think he plays for the Nets, or the Knicks, one of the two, it doesn't matter. The New York team, they invited him back. They had to suspend him because he wouldn't get the shot. Now they've changed the rules, and he's back, and he is traveling. He's playing around the country where his team goes, earning his fortune. But for some screwy reason, in New York City... He can't play. 
he can't play because New York has they've lifted the requirement to attend public events. It used to have to be you show your vaccine passport in order to attend public events. The new mayor there, Eric Adams, has waived that. He's rescinded that, so now you can go anywhere. They're not checking vaccine passports, at least at the moment. So you can attend the basketball game. But New York City has yet to rescind a, if you work in a public place, get the vaccine mandate. Which meant that Kyrie Irving couldn't play at a game this weekend in New York City. But weirdly, he could attend. And he did attend. He bought a ticket. He was there watching the game. He was there walking around without a mask in a crowd of, I don't know how many people go to a basketball game in New York, 40, 50,000, something like that. He was there with them. He was able to, after the game, after his team won, hug teammates, perfectly fine to do that, but he couldn't couldn't play. It's screwed up. We've got a, a local news report here pointing this out. This is really one of those... If you think government acts rationally, this should dissuade you from that because this is how government is set up in so many ways. It's just COVID is uh, the current way to illustrate it. But listen to this news report. A big matchup at Barclay Center with the Nets taking on the Knicks, but Kyrie Irving, who's ineligible to play in the city for failing to comply with the vaccine mandate for city workers, he might have stolen the show. He attended the game as a fan and watched his Nets win from the sidelines. He paid for a ticket, just like a regular person. Just like a regular person, he paid for it. And he's there. And yes, and you're sitting there going, how the hell is that even possible? Why is that okay? Why, If he can't play, why can he attend? It's because government is so, so big, so large, and so stupid, and so out of control that it's not the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. It's that the pinky finger doesn't know what the ring finger is doing. And forget about it. They'd have never even seen the thumb. It has so many tentacles all around our lives and in all aspects of our lives. And it is so huge that it has no idea what's going on. It's wildly stupid. Makes no sense. And yet there it is. Now, you would think, because that happened this weekend, you would think, all right, well, now that the uh, world is aware of it, that the government is aware of it in New York, they would immediately change that. No, not yet. They may. But it's just so bizarre and so stupid that you can't you can't play, but you can attend. You can buy a ticket, and there you go. I I don't even know what to say. It's so I don't care about basketball. I don't follow basketball. As hence the I didn't know which team Kyrie Irving played for. But it is one of those things where you're sitting there going, even I know this is stupid. Even I can, this is wrong. Like, are they afraid for the referees? Because the referees are in a crowd of thousands of people too. All of these people, as we've seen, you get the shot doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get COVID. It's actually not nearly as effective as we were sold. Remember, 95% effective prevents you from getting it. And then six weeks later... Uh, well, no, it'll stop severe hospitalization. Now it'll do, well, you need to get a booster. And now you've got the CEO of Pfizer saying, we got to get maybe a fourth booster, maybe a fifth booster. We got to keep getting more and more shots. 
I don't know. The number of cases in the United States is down. It's way down. The number of cases were down last year at this time, too, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you think of this as seasonal because it's still kind of winter, still technically winter, but it's still kind of winter, too. You also have surges. China is experiencing record daily cases. So for all the hopes of maybe this thing is petering out, maybe it is, hopefully it is, knock on wood, hope that it is, pray that it is, but there's not a whole lot of evidence. You have to look beyond the United States. That's the thing. As you sit, there's a worldwide pandemic and you sit there and you go, well, uh, we've got this, that, and the other. The numbers are going down. We're almost through this thing. I hope. I hope so. I don't want to be anybody's rain on anybody's parade. But China just set a record number of cases. Now, granted, they're a nation of one and a half billion people, and their new case record number is 5,280. So that seems really, really slow, low. It is really low. It's incredibly low. But we have that, you know, what does that mean for everybody when China with that many people is reporting 10% of the number of cases that we have? Well, it means either China's lying or it means that China, well, China would be lying. Of course, China does lie. But you also have the idea that there are draconian lockdowns in place in China for 5,000 cases for 5,000 cases they've locked down 30 million people agency French press nearly 30 million people were under lockdown across China on Tuesday as surging virus cases prompted the return of mass tests and hazmat suited health officials to streets on the on a scale not seen since the start of the pandemic china reported 5280 new covid-19 cases on tuesday more than double the previous day's tally as the highly transmissible omicron variant spread across the country that has struck as stuck tightly to a zero covid strategy Zero COVID strategy is insane, but if you're looking at the pure numbers and the pure insanity of what's going on here, you have to look no further than China. It is the left's dream. Lock down every, well, every 30 million people is a lot of people here, 10% of the population. It's a, not even, it's a, not even a blip on the radar over there, but it is something to keep in mind as you sit there and you try and figure out what the hell is going on with this thing because the government isn't telling you the truth probably because they don't know but that doesn't stop them from declaring things as though they do know the media isn't telling you the truth because there's a they have a vested interest in you not knowing the truth scaring the hell out of people does wonders for ratings so who has the incentive to tell you the truth? No one. You have to go out and find it yourself, wherever you find it. Check it. Trust but verify. Don't take my word for it. Don't take NBC News's word for it. Sure as hell don't take China's word for it or the Biden administration's word for it. Just get out there and find it and take your own word for it. I still don't want people to go out licking doorknobs and everything, you know, making out with random strangers. It's... Uh, COVID is still out there. It's even if it's just a, a like a severe flu, you don't want to get it. 
Nobody wants to get it. And if you get it, you hope you get over it quickly, as quickly as possible. I'm just saying that uh, it's one of those things where more information, more information is almost more confusing because the information is so bad and it comes from so many haphazard places that you're just sitting there going, what the hell is going on here? Why are we doing this? I'm looking at the, the news today out of, out of Ukraine. I don't know how much stock I put in this. The, uh, the sun, it's the UK sun, but this is the US version of it. And I am always skeptical when you talk about experts and insiders and things like that, saying that with their headline, Battle of Wills, Russia, quote, could buckle in 10 days as Ukraine claims to have killed 13,500 troops and destroyed hundreds of tanks and jets. Is this true? I don't know. Vladimir Putin could only have 10 days to win the war in Ukraine before his forces buckle, defense experts have claimed. The Russian tyrant expected a quick victory when he ordered the invasion on February 23rd, but his forces have encountered fierce resistance with 150 Kremlin troops killed overnight in Maripol, Pol, whatever it is. And then there's a whole bunch of pictures. Is it true? And there's all these claims about Russian losses. How true are these claims? We can't get accurate COVID numbers out of the United States of America that make any sense. So I'm not sure how much this... uh, I'm on the side of Ukraine. But I'm not sure I trust the numbers coming out of the Ukrainian government. They have a very clear and obvious incentive to inflate the numbers. Like 13,005, they say these numbers are according to Ukraine's military. They say that they have taken out 13,500 Russian troops. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, They've taken out 81 planes and 95 helicopters along with 404 tanks. Have they taken out some of those things? Sure, we've seen footage of it. But are they taking out that many? Are they winning that badly? Possibly, possibly. It's more a testament than it is. I know that it's very, if it's true, if it's true, I know it's a testament and it will be spun as a testament to the the strength and the will of the Ukrainian people. And part of that is true. You've got to have people willing to fight in order to win a fight. That being said, I think it's more of a testament to the lack of... preparedness, I guess preparedness is the right word, the lack of preparedness of the Russian military. Russia, of the movies from the 80s, and I guess maybe the 70s, although there weren't, didn't seem to be that many movies in the, until the 80s. Nobody, nobody seemed to have pride in this country until Reagan came along. Um, in the 80s, they were the big bad guys. They were the ones who were rivaling us in every way, shape, or form. They were the Ivan Dragos, although Drago drugged uh, and Rocky trained au naturel. But it was that sort of world that we lived in, that the Russian military rivaled ours. Maybe it did back then. Maybe it did. We don't know. But it's not back then anymore. It could well be, and I've written about this, it could well be, and I've speculated about it on the show before, it could well be that they simply got lazy. They simply got corrupt. With corruption comes a lot of rot. A lot of rot. And we could be watching a military that pretends it's big and bad because it's really only fought really small countries and provinces. And uh, the leadership was content. Oh, you could roll over 
Crimea. Well, congratulations. You rolled over Crimea. I'm pretty sure me and a couple of guys might be able to do that. I could be wrong, but uh, I hope I'm not. Maybe Russia will get out of this to try and save face. Say we solved our problem. I'm rooting for Ukraine. But I have questions about their... uh, You know, now that I think about it, most of my questions about Ukraine might have and the ukrainian numbers might have to do with my still having remembered what was going on when i was growing up when it was like russian military badass they're just as bad as ours you don't want to mess with the russian military we're the only military who stands a chance against them and then only maybe but all of that was based on a sympathetic media that was reporting on the russian military (laughs) yeah of course they, they, that's how they are. And then there's the, uh, the parades. Think about this. When you were younger, in the, think about the 80s, the 70s. I think they did more of these in the 70s. There's better footage of the ones in the 80s. But the, what did the, the Soviet Union do? They were really good at oppressing tiny countries that didn't really have a military whose uh, strongman dictators were in those positions because of the uh, Soviet Union, because of Moscow. And parades. How many times have you seen, like, they're marching in unison. There are missiles in the background. They are, look at all those tanks. You see those things, you see enough of those things, you go, well, that's, they're, they're tough. Look at all of those people. And you think about it really... There are, what, uh, like 30,000 people in a parade? If, you, if you're doing you know, those big giant blocks of people marching one after the other, we have no idea whether or not they're running around and going through twice. We, we're not paying attention to the individuals. And the tanks rolling in there, do the tanks work? Can the tanks fire? The missiles on the backs of those things, are they real missiles or are they? Th- and you've got to realize that the Soviet Union was not only propagandizing for us, for us, but they were also propagandizing for their satellite countries and their own people. We are this strong, have pride in that, and or don't mess with us because of it. Whichever way you want to look at it, that's what those parades were about. So if you remember your World War II history, in the buildup to the invasion of Normandy, the invasion of Europe, there were, there was this idea, and the Germans had this belief, and it's an understandable belief, that Patton was going to lead the U.S. invasion. Patton was thought of as the best actual battlefield general. He was going to be the guy. They took Patton and parked him further away to make it seem as though the, I can't remember exactly where, but to seem as though the invasion were going to happen someplace other than Normandy. And around Patton, they built up an army. But it wasn't a real army because obviously they needed the real army to be ready to go uh, into Normandy. So they built up tanks that were inflatable, troop carriers that were inflatable. They had people walking around that uh, were just walking around. It was their job to kind of be seen from the air for German aerial uh, surveillance planes. That's what they wanted. That's what they needed. That's what their job was. 
and obviously it worked. The even when the Normandy invasion had started, some of the German command thought, okay, well, this is just a diversion to try and keep us from really being ready from where when Patton comes over. It was a perfect ruse. It was brilliant. And it was a testament to the Allies' ability to keep a secret. Actually, they, they've let very few people know about it. But the ability of those people to keep a secret because it was wildly important that our enemies not be ready for us when we came ashore. The Soviet Union knew, didn't know about that, but they, they know about it now. The world knows about it now. So that they would have had, you know, 40 years of parades that were meant to show strength that didn't really exist, at least to the extent. Look, Russia's a nuclear power, so they obviously have some strength. <laughs> even even if they have no guns that can fire any bullets and no tanks that can drive anywhere, they have nuclear weapons, all right? How many, you can question, but they have nuclear weapons and therefore they have a seat at the table and they have to be taken seriously, especially when they have a madman man in charge who's you know, not likely to, but at least uh, possible to consider launching those nuclear weapons. But it could be that we have been wrong all along about the Soviet Union, about Russia. I hope so. It would be wonderful. As I don't, uh, I also worry that if Putin collapses, not not Putin himself, but if the the invasion of Ukraine collapses, I think that Russia will be in for a purge, like we haven't seen since the old Soviet days, where the people will have to who lied to Putin will have to be rooted out because I think the no question they would have lied to Putin about the strength of their military and the readiness of their military. Then there's a possibility that Putin goes, all right, now we're going to actually build up our military. I'd much rather have Russia be lying to itself and have a weak military than discover the truth and build back a strong military because then next time they go into a country, they'll be ready for it. That's just me. I could be wrong. It's all wild speculation, but it strikes me as something worth considering. Now, I want to talk, since we're talking about Ukraine and Russia, I want to play you some audio from The View, the, the hags over on The View. Yes, those, those fine ladies on The View. It's amazing to me, leftists all, every time you, you, you mention communism or whatever, or you mention anything about, hey, we should find out what this person's up to, what, are, what did they say throughout my whole life? Oh, it's McCarthyism. McCarthyism. You're McCarthy. You want somebody banned forever. I don't want anybody banned forever from anything. I, I couldn't care less what people do. Uh, I don't want them forcing me to do things. That's the difference. But, oh, banned forever. They want to be banned. For McCarthyism. 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 The left has, I mean, they made movies about it. Like uh, George Clooney made a movie about it. Uh, I can't, there are, countless movies have been made about how evil McCarthyism is. What McCarthyism did actually was root out a bunch of communists from inside our government. Did McCarthy go too far, the power go to his head? Of course he did. Of course he did. That happens to everybody. But you, you also seem to understand, forget 
that there was the House Un-American Activities Committee. The left conveniently forgets this. The, the House Un-American Activities Committee. Now, why did I bring that up in regards to McCarthy? Because most of what the left hates happened in the House Un-American Activities Committee, in the House. McCarthy was a United States senator. He was not in the House. The House was controlled by Democrats at the time. So they say, oh, those Republicans and their McCarthyism. Yeah, because they ignore conveniently the House Un-American Activities Committee. Just a, a little interesting tidbit on history. But as they scream McCarthyism, 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 now they're in favor of it. They are in favor of it when it comes to Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I, I know Tucker. I don't watch his show very often anymore because I'm busy doing other things. And it falls into the same category of my criticisms of every bit of cable news. But Tulsi Gabbard is a former member of Congress, former Democrat presidential candidate, who is now the darling of the right somehow, because on matters of war, she says things that some people on the right agree with. I will point out that I don't think she's you know anti-American or anything. I don't think she's a monster, but she's a radical leftist. And if you actually looked at all of her policies, the people on the right who tout Tulsi Gabbard would recoil in horror from Tulsi Gabbard on all but like foreign policy things. That'd be it. Foreign policy, they're like, oh, she's great. Everything else, she's a doctrinaire leftist. And it's just glossed over and ignored because she's convenient and a useful foil for the right. I think it's stupid, but um, that's the way the world works. That's the way the media works. She's not a conservative Democrat by any stretch of the imagination. Anyway, they uh, Tucker and Tulsi have been questioning some things about the war in Ukraine and the extent to which the United States is supposed to or should care. And for that, they're committing treason because you have a Democrat president, by the way, only under Donald Trump, you had to question everything, no matter how asinine something was, a stupid story in the Atlantic saying, oh my God, Donald Trump didn't want to go and visit uh, the graves at Normandy on D-Day because he doesn't like dead soldiers. He thinks dead soldiers are suckers. That was a story. Everybody involved in the story, everybody in the circle of influence who would have known what the president was saying at the time has denied it, including people who have come out as not fans, to put it mildly, of the president, former president of the United States. And they've all said, this is not true. This did not happen. And that story still stands to this day because they don't care. It fits the narrative. And being a liberal means never having to say you're sorry. Joe Biden goes and greets the 13 bodies coming back from Dover Air Force Base that he was responsible for killing, getting killed in Afghanistan and stares at his watch. Like, how much longer can they drag this out? And that is ignored and apologized for to the extent that it is talked about in our media. That's the difference between the two. Well, the hags on the view, they want to hang Tucker and Tulsi. I want you to listen to three clips here. Listen to the first one. It sets itself up. They're talking about, they're talking about Ukraine. 
And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. That's being, if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator, mm-hmm. it should be investigated. In fact, I remember when Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. and I even hate that we're discussing it because I think to myself, who is this woman? She's a, you know, she's no longer in Congress. She's a failed presidential candidate. Yeah. She only pra- practically exists on Twitter. And and the fact that we're giving her oxygen is what makes her relevant, that we're talking about her on Hot Topics. Yeah, we're talking about her on Hot Topics. That's Anna Navarro. If you couldn't understand her through the chewing, um, Anna Navarro, you sit there, why are we even talking about her? Why are we even talking about you? Why are you on television? If you Look, I'm all in favor of standards, Anna Navarro, but be careful what you wish for because you have accomplished exactly nothing. She is known because she was Jeb Bush's... Uh, co-chair of Hispanic outreach during one of his gubernatorial runs. That's it. Anna Navarro is Hispanic. She's Nicaraguan. And that's it. That's her accomplishment. She's a nominal Republican, a Jeb Bush Republican. And she's, oh, I'll, I'll come and do Hispanic outreach because I speak Spanish through chewing. And uh, then we can really get to the bottom of this. She's on television because she's a Republican, in quotes, who criticizes Republicans, who hates Republicans. She hates conservatism. She can't name anything for on which she is conservative, but she calls herself a Republican, and therefore she qualifies to be on CNN and The View. She's accomplished, again, nothing, but she's bitching about Tulsi Gabbard, who is a member of the military and a former member of Congress, who's actually done some things, unlike Anna Navarro. So uh, just keep that in mind. It, it, it makes me sick when people who have no skills whatsoever go, well, what about those people who have no skills? Why are we even listening to them? Why are we listening to you, Anna? Why are we listening to you? That's a good question, one that sociologists should study. They won't study it, but they should study it because... Idiots like you do more damage to this country than you could possibly imagine. I don't normally like spending time with the uh, ladies on The View, but what they're spewing here is worth illustrating because it's happening everywhere with the left. That blacklisting, the, uh, the attacks, the smears. Be a conservative in Hollywood. Be a non-leftist in Hollywood. Hell, you can be somebody with a history of uh, perversion in Hollywood and still be all right, still be in good standing. But, uh, no, you, uh, you think differently, and then suddenly you're a problem. Then you are the enemy of them, and therefore you are the problem. Look up here. Uh, it's, it's, you know. Not really sure if he's where the hell is he? No. There are, let's just say there are a lot of perverts in Hollywood who are working quite quite a bit, uh, who are, have been outed, who have been exposed, and it just doesn't matter because hey, they're they're liberals in good standing. Harvey Weinstein was known to be what he was for a very very long time, known to be what he was for a very very long. It's a running joke in Hollywood. But it doesn't matter because he was, you know, at the Clintons' side at fundraisers. He was down with. He hosted those fundraisers. He was cool. He was cool. Now they come the ladies on the View. 
the next clip here is where they, uh, I think this is where Whoopi comes in and says that uh, the government needs to get involved and go after these people. But on the other hand, how do you not call out something that is repeating mm -hmm. false Russian propaganda well, that has been I, brought down? They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent, if they thought you were putting out information or taking information and handing over to Russia, yeah. they used to actually investigate stuff like this. And I guess now, you know, there seems to be no bars. Oh, they used to arrest people like this. They used to come after them and go after them and go, why aren't we arresting that Tucker Carlson? Why aren't we arresting these people who disagree with it? It's really kind of funny that the ladies of The View are all suddenly massive warmongers. They make their living... Whoopi just got suspended for saying something that offended people, something incredibly stupid. She should be, you know, one of those people who go, wait, it's, you know, people can have really bad opinions. People can have opinions I disagree with. People can have all sorts of, uh, but they should not be punished for it. That should, that'd be Whoopi's, you know, if Whoopi were smart enough, that'd be her way to flip the bird to her producers, the people at ABC who suspended her for two weeks. Like, yeah, you know, here you go. This is what, you shouldn't be punished for these sorts of things. That's how you should handle it. She learned nothing. Well, actually, it doesn't matter. She learned what she learned a long time ago, is that the left is, it, all options, all hold, holds are barred, no holds are barred. Everything, it's fair game. If it's your political opponent, you do whatever you have to do. You uh, put on that suicide vest and blow yourself up. It doesn't matter. Destroy them no matter what, no matter how hypocritical it makes you. Uh, they used to arrest people like this. Okay, so you're advocating for McCarthyism, what you leftists whine about is McCarthyism, right? You want people arrested for holding different opinions from you. That's all well and good when you're in charge, when your side is in power. That's a fine attitude. It's a stupid attitude to have, but if that's the attitude you want to have, it is all fun and games for you. The problem for you comes in when you're no longer in power. Think about Barack Obama. What did the left do? Oh, they celebrated him every time he pulled out his magic pen and his magic phone. And he said, well, Congress won't act. So I'm going to institute this all on my own. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do the other thing. Blah, 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 blah. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And they cheered when he created new laws. They cheered when he created new rules and regulations purely out of whole cloth. When he changed immigration law just with the stroke of his magic pen. Blah, 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 blah. And then Donald Trump comes in and he says, well, I can undo it with a magic pen. You can make it with a pen, you can undo it with a pen. And they suddenly go, well, no, this is ridiculous. This is outrageous. How horrible. He's overturning Barack Obama did these things. And you can't just come in and, and get rid of things like that with the stroke of a magic pen. Like, why the hell can't you? Why can't you? If you can create them with a magic pen, you could surely get rid of them with a magic pen. Be careful what you wish for, you morons. You just might get it. You want dissent or disagreement with the people in power to be arrestable. Okay.
be ready. Pack, have your go bag ready for the next time a Republican is in office. Have it ready, Oprah, uh, Oprah not Oprah, Whoopi. Have it ready. Be Oprah, though, probably, too. Have it ready and ready to go. Don't give me this stuff about the First Amendment, your First Amendment, blah. No, if you are going to deny that to anybody else for whatever reason, then you will be denied it yourself when your side is out of power, out of favor at the moment. That's the way it should be. Turnabout is the fairest of plays, but these clowns over there at The View don't seem to get it. They don't care. They don't recognize it. They're getting, they're a bunch of uh, morons pandering to the barking seals sitting in their audience going, oh, no, Tucker, he's awful. Tulsi, he's awful. It's not to say that Tucker and Tulsi are right. I honestly don't know exactly where they fall on these things. I haven't watched enough. I don't care. I do know that they are allowed to have their opinions if they actively go out and work against the United States government, then that's a problem. But having an opinion is not treason. Having an opinion is not problematic. You just watch. <sighs> I was going to say, I just rewatched part of that. Uh, my in-laws watched that uh, Ricky Ricardo or the Being the Ricardos or whatever movie where they're going after Lucy because she attended a meeting where it was a communist meeting. And she wasn't, or she was a communist, who knows, I fell asleep during watching it, and so I never saw the whole thing. But she ends up being exonerated anyway, because in America you can go and you can go to these stupid meetings and have these opinions, blah, 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 blah. The left wants to make that illegal. They want to make your thoughts illegal. If you don't agree with them, they want to make you illegal. The hags at The View weren't done. They had one more little go-round, because they never are done. And people are not being told to hate Putin. Putin doesn't need a reason to be hated. It's pretty much clear. He started a war. He started a, an unnecessary but war this is kind that of nobody like, wanted. Isn't this pr contributing to the death and destruction of the country and the civilians there? Well, this is why I say, how can people, how can they pat themselves on the back and say, good job, well, when you know he just clear, blew up a, he blew up a, a, a hospital with children? Not, well, well, Fox viewers know it. No, they see it. Fox viewers do know it. Fox viewers know it. They see it. Fox viewers know it. These people don't seem to know anybody who disagrees with them. They don't seem to know anybody from a different political perspective in any way, shape, or form. They don't seem to have a clue what the hell's going on in the world. They just know what they're told by their producers. Now, the clip that I took that from is much longer. Sonny Houston, 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 whatever the hell her name is. She twice, during her time to speak, and she wasn't speaking at all during that, she once says, uh, I think this, and she says something as a declarative statement, and then she says, and you can correct me in my ear if I'm wrong about that. I think it was about Tucker having gone to Moscow. I don't know if Tucker's ever gone to Moscow. Like, he went there secretly to get his marching orders from Putin or something like that. But she said, you can correct me in my ear if I'm wrong. Nobody correct, or she didn't correct herself. But it was an example of one of their hosts speaking about something they're wholly ignorant on admitting that i don't know i don't know 
if this what I'm about to say is true, somebody can yell in my ear and maybe I'll acknowledge it, but I'm going to say it anyway. And then after that, she does again say, correct me if I'm wrong in my ear, but and she says something else again that's wholly untrue. And you sit there and you go, how the hell does this get out on television? A, it's live. B, this is what they pay for. This is it. This is what they want. This is what the view is. Just a bunch of ladies making it up as they go along. And if they're wrong, eh, maybe they'll correct it later. It doesn't matter. Now, you would think that people whose job it is to talk about the news would, I don't know, what's the words I'm looking at? Yeah, familiarize themselves with the news. But they don't. The way the view works is they have nothing to do with who's on. They have nothing to do with the topics. The producers pick all of that. And these airheads show up and they have a nice little packet, probably incredibly thin, uh, that says, here's topic A, topic B, topic C. Here's what we're going to cover. Here's who's on. And here are some suggested questions. Here are Here's a paragraph on the topic at hand. Here's the latest. Here's probably three paragraphs from the Huffington Post on Ukraine. And that's it. That's what they know. They're too busy making millions of dollars and living the high life to really get a, give a damn about specifics and information. And what's sad, it's not that these idiots exist. I don't want them arrested or thrown off television. I'd like television to have higher standards that would basically get them off television, to be honest with you. Give television some standards and these clowns would be off television in a heartbeat. Just add a basic requirement where you're somehow liable for lying. You get points for telling the truth or so. I don't know. Have standards where instead of defaming somebody, slandering somebody, libeling somebody, have some standards for that to prevent that from happening. Instead, you just get a bunch of weirdos, liars, and frauds pandering to a bar- uh, an audience of barking seals who hope that you'll throw a mackerel in their mouth. Pathetic. Barbara Walters would be rolling over in her grave if she were dead. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears here to gas prices. I'm going to play a, a Senator Sheldon Whitehouse first before we get to Joe Biden. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, it's amazing to me that these Sheldon Whitehouse is not a particularly bright person. He's just not. With a name, and you sit there and you hear his, his name is Sheldon Whitehouse. This guy. I don't know how bad your childhood was. This guy had more wedgies than you. His name was is Sheldon Whitehouse. He got a lot of wedges. Now he wants to take that rage out on everybody else by being an elected Democrat in the United States Senate from the state of Rhode Island. You sit there, you go, Rhode Island is small. You couldn't do any better. Apparently not. This is the guy who is memberships at uh, white only uh, beach clubs and still has them. His wife serves on the board. Like, oh, yeah, we're totally looking into that. He never changed it. He's a Democrat in good standing. He's a lying fraud. He's a horrible person. He's also dumb. He's got an idea to go after those evil oil companies, raise taxes on them, raise taxes, a windfall profit. Tax. They're like, oh, they're making so much profit. The thing about gasoline is it's not priced... Most things are actually priced this way, but you don't think about it because they don't fluctuate wildly. Uh, but it's 
it's priced on what the future cost to replace it will be. Businesses, unlike government, plan beyond the coming weekend. Businesses have to be fiscally responsible and think long-term. Governments just go, well, we own the printing presses. Who the hell cares? So Sheldon Whitehouse sees these oil companies, and they do this all the time, and they use this as wild propaganda. The oil companies are making record profits, huge record profits. And the price at the pump is up because supply and the cost to replenish in the future is going up. Supply is going down. The cost to replenish is going up. So you need those. You need to charge more so you can afford to replace in the future what you're getting. Now, does it always work out? No, but I don't create the markets. These are market forces. Take it up with Adam Smith. But that's how it works. The left looks at this and goes, oh, they're price gouging. Oh, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing the other thing. You know, oil costs more now than it ever did before. Gasoline comes from oil. You shouldn't have to explain it to somebody named Sheldon Whitehouse, but apparently you do. So he's got a bill to tax 50% of oil company profits and somehow give it back to us. That's the kicker. That's how he always says it. Well, I want to give it back to you. You won't be getting a check. You won't be getting your, you won't keep your receipts and go, here's how much I bought. So then I get half this back, right? No, it goes to the government. They'll decide who gets it. It won't be you. It'll be favored groups of Democrats, but it's a little bit long, but I just want you to hear this clown try and explain how his plan is so wonderful. Hi, I'm Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, and I just filed a bill to reclaim from big oil some of the excess windfall profits that they're earning. And this is my post-it and pencil explanation of why we need to do that. Think of the post-its as the costs of finding the oil and then drilling the oil and then trucking the oil to the refiners and refining the oil and putting it back in the trucks to get out to the distributors and then from the distributors it goes to the gas station and you pay what you pay for your gas. In a regular market economy, the price would be related to the cost, maybe with just a little bit in there for the shareholders and the investors. But something different is going on in the oil market because price isn't related to cost. Price is related to an international cartel with prices driven by what Iran and Russia and Saudi Arabia and other countries decide to do. And particularly when Russia decides to start a war, up goes the price. And all of this, which for the major companies that we're going to tax is $90 billion, $90 billion in excess profit. What my bill would do is take half of that $90 billion, $45 billion, and give it back to you, to the American consumer, to spend however you want. This is how a real market behaves. This is how the oil cartel behaves, and they don't deserve to grab all that excess profit. Excess profit, excess profit. He is uh, woefully economically ignorant as well. Price has nothing to do or very little to do with cost, except for the fact that you have to price it at least at cost or else you're losing money. 
Demand has to do with price. Supply also has to do with price, not cost. Not cost. You can, if you could make something for uh, a dime, that the public is willing to pay you a hundred dollars for. Good on you. Congratulations. There are. Well, let me think of an the pet rock. What's the manufacturing cost of a pet rock back in the seventies? Nothing. Nothing. You just go out and pick up a rock. I guess you have to decide, is this a good rock or is this a good, it's got to be of a certain size. So weirdly, people buying rocks individually in a box with air holes in it would uh, not feel ripped off that they got too small of a rock or something bizarre like that. But in general, the cost of production is the cost of a cardboard box with a couple of holes in it. That's not a lot. I don't know what a pet rock sold for is before my time but it sold for if it sold for a dollar your your cost of production of the cardboard alone and gathering the rock is maybe five cents that's now when the sales start dwindling then you go all right we'll drop it to 50 cents oh we'll go to a quarter or whatever as long as you're making a profit but if you could sell that pet rock for 100 bucks you damn well better believe that they would sell that pet rock for 100 bucks if there is pent-up demand, if there is demand for that pet rock at that price, you absolutely better believe people are going to be charging that. Every There's a, well, the PlayStation 5, right? Allegedly, they cost $400, $399 or uh, $499, depending on which model you want. You can't find one for that. Somehow, I don't know, they never make it to market at that price. They're all on the secondary market. Somehow the secondary market's got a ton of them. I suspect there's, you know, collusion involved. But they're all out there for like a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. It doesn't cost a thousand bucks to make. It doesn't cost five hundred dollars or four hundred dollars to make. How do I know that? Because when Sony sells it, they sell it for three ninety nine or four ninety nine. So they're not going to take a loss at it. They're certainly not going to take a 100% loss on the product. So it costs significantly less than that, or otherwise Sony would be really bad at business and really stupid. But the market demand means that you can charge more than that. Now, Sony set the price. The secondary market set the real price. And they said, all right, we're going to buy them all up as soon as they get off the boats, and we're going to charge 1000 bucks for them. And there are people out there selling them. The PlayStation 6 will be out there before people who want a PlayStation 5 will even have a chance or ever see one in a store. That's how the market works, Sheldon. If nobody was buying the PlayStation 5 at $499 or $399, guess what? Sony would drop the price. That's how the market works. But if it took a bunch of money to buy the materials needed... To, if it took $400 worth of material to build a PlayStation 5, Sony couldn't drop the price beyond that. Sony would have to actually raise the price if the cost of materials increased. Supply and demand. It has nothing to do with cost. Where the hell did you go to school, Sheldon? For a guy having a nerd name, you seem pretty damn stupid. I want to talk about the President of the United States, our President Joe Biden. Now, he was at a fundraiser last night. He raised $3 million for himself and Democrats. Because why? Because that's his priority. This is his first in-person fundraiser 
Uh, not many people there, but he still managed to raise like three million bucks because a bunch of people just give to Democrats because that's what they do. And the the question, the issue of oil came up, of course. Joe is trying to protect himself. I will point out, let me see if I pull this up here. I will point out that on April 15th, 2020, before, while he was just running for president, Joe Biden tweeted out a picture of Donald Trump talking about uh, the issues that were a problem, talking about COVID and uh, governors. And Joe Biden said the following, quote, when somebody is president of the United States, the responsibility is total, is total. Total responsibility. You're responsible for everything, not to mention all the times that they have attacked Republicans for the cost of gasoline, the cost of oil, blah, blah, blah. Now Joe Biden is president. I wasn't even in town that month. Listen to him explain to Democrat donors why he's not responsible for anything. It's a real, real lesson in leadership here. Despite the progress we made, we know that families are still struggling with higher prices. I grew up in a family where when the price of gas went up at the pump, gas station, we talked about it at the kitchen table. First off, let's stop right there. I grew up in a family where the price of gas went up at the pump. We talked about it at the kitchen table. That is a lie. That is a well-documented lie. Joe Biden is a fraud. Initially, his remarks were going to be that his father said when gas prices go up, people talk about it at their kitchen table. But Joe is an idiot with reading comprehension issues and senility. So he changed it to a first-person thing. And this is how Joe Biden works. He he makes so many things up about his own life. But if you look, Joe Biden was born in 1942. 1942, a gallon of gas was 20 cents. 20 years later, presumably, when Joe was sitting around the table, in those ensuing 20 years, the price of gas per gallon went from 20 cents a gallon to 31 cents a gallon. 11 cents over 20 years. Where is this spike that his daddy would sit there and talk to him about. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's a fraud. In fact, there's only one year, one year, where gas prices were lower or were higher the previous year. Gasoline went from 31 cents in 1958 to 30 cents in 1959 and then back to 31 cents in 1960. So there was no surge. There was no, oh, my goodness, it's going up. Went up less than a penny a year, 11 cents over the course of 20 years. Also, Joe Biden comes from a wealthy family, not a filthy rich family, but a relatively well-off family. You don't get the middle name Robinette because you're poor. Just telling you. He is uh, a junior. His father, Joseph Robinette Sr., was about as dumb as Joe is. And he took the family fortune and lost a whole bunch of it. He got swindled out of it because he was stupid. But that's a story for another day. To sit there and believe that Joe Biden sat down with Joe Biden and said, Whoa, boy, listen, we got to tighten our belt. The gas prices went up is a lie, is an absolute and total lie. It's a fraud. He continues from there, shirking responsibility. President, I wasn't even in town that month. But let's be absolutely clear about why prices are high now. They're high for two reasons. One was COVID. 
And now, second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Not a joke. We've seen the price of gas go up over a dollar just since he put his troops on the border, on the border of Ukraine. The world took notice. The market anticipated. Prices went up. The market anticipated. Prices went up. Okay, yeah, it went up a dollar since he put his troops on the border. What what accounts for the other dollar, Joe? What accounts for the other dollar? And you did nothing to head that dollar increase off at the pass, did you, Joe? But Joe at least there acknowledges what Sheldon Whitehouse doesn't seem to understand, that the market noticed and the prices are about the future, not about the present. Maybe you should call Sheldon Whitehouse up, Joseph Robinette Biden, and explain to him what's going on in these markets. But no, that'd be too much like work. That'd be far too much like work. He's reading this and he's got his squinty eyes and his dead serious, please God, don't let me screw this up, sort of look on his face as he's trying to shirk any and all responsibility for gasoline prices when it is, in fact, partially, well, half the gasoline price increase had already been in place before Putin even put any troops on the Ukrainian border. The other half, Joe Biden and his incompetence. I thought the world was desperately waiting for Joe Biden. They desperately wanted Joe. I thought that they were ready for him. He was the leader. He was going to unify the world, and he did nothing. He's done nothing to head that off at the pass. Of course, the fact that you announced to the world and to the markets that you were not going to allow more drilling in the United States or more refining or no more anything, not make it any easier for any of that to get done, no operation warp speed on energy, kind of sent a pretty clear sign to the market too, didn't it, Joey? He wasn't done. One more clip. And then Putin invaded. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. It doesn't. I didn't do anything. It's not my fault. Please, whatever. There's a, a wildly insecure man. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with... Just like he said the other day that inflation had nothing to do with government spending. Well, if government spending, which is fueled by government printing money, endlessly had nothing to do with inflation then why isn't the government just printing everything why does the government collect taxes think of the boon to the economy if the government said we've got this people we don't need your money you keep your money we've got this magic unicorn that poops gold over here we're going to keep feeding it and it's going to we're going to fund government off of these printing presses don't worry about that that wouldn't make any sense and it would be horrible for inflation right it would be just like Joe Biden's policies, if you think about it. That's the problem. you got to think. I'm just seeing this reaction now, shifting gears, just how evil the left is. Susan Glasser, she is, uh, she's married to Peter Baker at the New York Times, who's their chief White House correspondent, and he's an MSNBC analyst. She's a staff writer for The New Yorker. She's a CNN global affairs analyst. Like I told you, the uh, liberal media is nothing more than uh, the world's ugliest orgy. Fox News announced today that cameraman Pierre Zerkerzewski, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Z-A-K-R-Z-E-W-S-K-I, was killed 
in Ukraine. He had been a longtime Fox cameraman. He was killed in the same attack that injured reporter Benjamin Hall. Uh, John Roberts at Fox Horrible News, Fox cameraman Pierre Zakarewski was killed in the same attack that wounded correspondent Benjamin Hall. I worked with Pierre many times around the world. He was an absolute treasure. Sending our most heartfelt prayers to Pierre's wife and family. So he's got a wife, he's got a family. Susan Glasser, New Yorker, CNN, sees this. And just because these people are complete asshats, they really are, they're just evil people. She says, what a tragedy. A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that airs a pro-Putin propagandist as its top-rated primetime host. You met if you're incapable of having 30 seconds of decency as a human being, you deserve zero respect and nothing good that comes your way. Everything bad that comes your way is something you absolutely 100% deserve. And it should come your way, and it hopefully comes your way fast and furious. That's just who these people are. How evil do you have to be to sit there and say, well, you know, they work for somebody on Fox says something I don't like, and so who cares? Who cares? He got what he did. He should have worked for another network, he should have done something else. Really? This is the world that we are creating? This is the world that Democrats want? So if a Democrat gets killed, now remember this. Look, Jimmy Carter is going to die sooner rather than later. I'm, just, I'm not wishing it. I don't wish it on anybody. But Jimmy Carter is going to die. He is elderly. He is not in the best health Nobody in their mid-90s is in their best health. How old is Jimmy Carter? I have to look up how old Jimmy Carter is just because I'm curious. But he will pass away sooner. He's 97 years old. I hope he makes it to 150. I don't know. But at 97 years old, he's already the longest, the oldest president we've ever had. He's going to die. He was absolutely terrible as president of the United States. He was a failure in just about every conceivable way. When he dies, I hope people resist the urge. And by people, I mean me too. <laughs> as if some leftist just said something really stupid like, like Susan Glasser did. I'd be hard-pressed to, to hold it in. But when Jimmy Carter dies, say kind things about him. All right. There'll be plenty of time to criticize Jimmy Carter. While Jimmy Carter's alive, I say it all the time. Jimmy Carter was the worst. Well, he's no longer the worst president. Joe Biden has dethroned him. Jimmy Carter, congratulations. You lived long enough to see somebody worse than you as president of the United States. Now you can die peacefully, at, at, at peace with this fact. I'm all in favor of things like that. And But on the day that he dies and for a couple of days after... That Jimmy Carter is a piece of garbage. Jimmy Carter is evil. Jimmy Carter was awful. He's rotten in hell because of what he did with inflation and all the uh, the Iran hostage, all that stuff. You just let it go. You let it go. You don't have to let it go forever. You don't have to pretend it didn't exist. You just go, you know what? He did what he could. He did the best he could. The best he could wasn't very good, but he did the best he could. I don't think that Jimmy Carter went at anything with malicious intent, but he he just failed. Okay, rest in peace, Jimmy Carter. Pretty plain, 
Pretty simple. Remember him for his work with Habitat for Humanity or whatever. The houses that he helped build and the money he raised to help people get houses. Whatever it is, it's not hard to not be a jackass for a little while. It's just not hard. For some people, they simply can't do it. For leftists, for liberals, they can't do it. Tragedy happens and they immediately start going, well, this is another example those evil white men, we need gun control. And then you find out it was a Hispanic guy or a Muslim guy. And they go, oh, uh, never mind. Not even going to talk about it anymore. Suddenly, the people they allegedly cared very deeply about, the victims they allegedly cared very deeply about because they were victims by a white guy. Was, it was not a white guy. It's a Muslim guy. Oh, never mind. Oh, ugh, never mind. Those victims don't matter anymore. That blood spilt doesn't matter anymore. There's something uniquely evil about the left that they do this, that they can't help but do this, that they roll in circles where doing this is going to make you the bell of the next ball. It's going to, oh, (laughs) Susan, I saw your tweet about that Fox cameraman who was killed over there. That's awesome. Good job. You really, you really nailed that guy. His wife and kids are uh, probably still reeling from that one. I hope you're proud of yourself. Congratulations. You're a hero disgusting creature what a disgusting you probably don't know what susan glasser looks like nor should you really ever want to know what susan glasser looks like but if you should ever run into susan glasser you should probably let her know how horrible of a person she is everybody should let her know how horrible of a person she is she should not be able to live this down none of these people should ever be able to live any of this down they're evil it's evil it's cruel it's it's unnecessary what do you You're only doing it to preach to your choir. You're only going to get kudos from your side, kudos from people who are already down with you. That's all you could possibly get. Nobody's going to read these dumbass evil tweets and go, well, now I'm convinced. I was on the fence about Fox News and whether or not Tucker Carlson should be shot. But now that I've seen Susan Glasser dancing on the open grave of a guy whose body isn't even cold yet, I'm convinced Fox is evil. Cancel Fox. It's not going to happen. It's going to help her. In New York, she'll get some high fives, like I said, get invited to various parties, be the bell of those balls. But that's it. No minds were changed. And anybody who gives her a high five, I'd say, is just as evil, just as awful as she is. People, there is something fundamentally flawed about them. They are in charge of our education system. Get your kids out of the public schools. Get your kids away from these people. Use them as examples. When bad things happen to them, and bad things will happen to them because bad things happen to everybody, be better than them a little bit. But if you're not, if you can't resist the urge, if something bad were to happen to Susan Glass, or she were to fall down a flight of stairs, break her leg, or or uh, get fired from one of her jobs for her evil, whatever it is. If you, I couldn't blame anybody for going, yeah, you know what? Good, good. Because to be honest with you, I might say good. To be honest, on more honest with you, I would say good. Just a pure, pure, unadulterated evil. I wish I could go off on a tangent and just swear at these people about these people. Maybe I will this weekend. Anyway, we're out of time for today. I appreciate the use of your ears. Good Lord, another day gone. Another day tomorrow. 
Thank you for listening. Go outside. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.